Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It's me, your host, Big Mark. Welcome to the show. If it's the first time listening, if you're a long-time listener, welcome back. You know the drill. Hit that like button, hit the bell, get those notifications when a new video drops. If you're listening to the podcast, go and rate it. Give us as many stars as you'd like. Hopefully it's all of them. Uh, and if you want to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon um, at patreon.com slash thebigmarkpod. Welcome everybody. Good to see you again, even though I can't really see you. Nice to sit down with you, you know, just a little quick, quick little chat. Um, but, you know, I was kind of thinking today, you know, when we're going to start the podcast, I was going to talk about something that I've been getting a little bit more interested in, even though this year there's been a lot of trouble with it. And it's been really tough. I'm going to talk about golf today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. Not everyone's into it. And hey, I used to not always be into it. And guess what? Ford isn't into it right now. Our, our fearless leader, D- uh, Douglas Ford, um, has shut down golf in Ontario. And I thought it was amazing to talk about it because, you know, a lot of people were just starting to get into it. And unfortunately, we are the only province in the only country in the world that uh, deems golf illegal right now due to the covid restrictions and it's a shame and i and you know there was 25 million rounds of golf last year played and not a single case and there's all the tracking available completely with the tea time bookings and everything and there wasn't a single case uh tied directly to um to golf courses so it's a shame and that's okay because hopefully if you're listening to this we're out of the lockdown restrictions uh in the future and you know Life is better, but we can dream, can't we? Um, so, you know, I kind of, like I said before, I wasn't always into golf. And I mean, I totally, so I totally understand when, when people kind of go, oh man, golf, boring, you know, white man shit, like it's, it's, it's done. And, and, you know, that's how I used to feel too, you know? And I think, I think truly I was kind of against the, because golf is obviously synonymy, synonymously tied with, um, with country clubs, um, obviously, um, obviously golf and country clubs exist and that's just how they roll. You know, uh, I guess they had a lot. I don't know if, I don't know. It's kind of a chicken and egg scenario there. Eh, Christian, um, what started first, the country club. And then they're like, Oh, we got all this land. Might as well start a golf <laughs> golfing or whatever. Right. Cause you know, I didn't want to go too much into like the history and the nitty gritty of golf. Cause, um, you know, there's, there's a deep history. It's actually funny enough. Uh, I think it's in the Hobbit. J.R.R. Tol- Tolkien. There's a there's a passage in the book where he talks about how golf was invented, that there was some battle. Of course, you know how how Tolkien is. There's always a battle with Tolkien, um, and uh, like the king of the opposing force like knocked this guy's head off, and it flew across the the, the <laughs> flew across the battlefield and landed in a gopher hole, and thus the game of golf was born. <laughs> So again, you know, it's funny. It's one of those sports where, you know, you look at sport, if you want to break down sport in, in, in an interesting way, basically what's what, what a game or a sport, what, what makes it interesting is you're taking an easy task and you're making it hard. So the easy task is all you're taking is putting this ball in the little hole. That's all you have to do. The holes in the ground, you have to put it in there, but to make it harder, 
and Robin Williams has a great bit about this as well. Check that out, Robin Williams on golf. Hilarious stand-up bit. Anyway, so to make it harder, obviously, you put the ball like 600 yards away, right? And then not only that, you have to hit it with a stick to get it in the hole. So you've basically taken something really easy and made it really hard, right? And there's rules and stuff involved too, right? But essentially, that's that's... The, that's the basics of golf but that's the that's the breakdown of sport in general same with basketball all you have to do is put a ball in the hoop but now we're going to put the hoop 10 feet in the air and then we're going to put four other guys on the court with you and then four other and then five of the guys on the other team and we're going to make it hard so again essence of sport just breaking down sport in a game we can always get into that later but um so again i i i guess i i always lamented against the country club vibe when it comes to golf and that's only such a small part of it because not obviously not everyone has access to the country clubs because some of them have have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, membership fees, and that's whatever. But um, obviously, there's the entire sport of golf, right? So there's the entire you know um, there's there's the entire athletics of it. There's everything. Um, there's the mechanics to it. There's obviously fitness uh, involved with it because the professionals walk the courses. They don't, they don't, the, the traditional way of playing golf is walking. You don't take a cart everywhere, even though it's really nice to take a cart. But obviously you have to have some type of endurance to be able to do that. And then flexibility because in the golf swing, it helps to be flexible and all this stuff. Now, another big barrier for me getting into golf because I'm six foot seven, I need, I need extended clubs. Unfortunately, can't just walk out there and rent a set and just have fun. And I've done this before. I have rented a set, and the only thing I could hit was the wedges. But hey, what can you do? Uh, it was fun. Uh, actually, that was at my cousin's wedding. And Ingrid, if you're listening to this, congratulations. She just had her baby today. <laughs> um, um, but uh, it was at her wedding, and I was I was golfing with her uh, husband-to-be at that point. Um, and uh, shout out Trevor Trevor. And uh, I... I Hold out at from 90 yards. So I hit the ball at from about 90 yards away and it went in the hole. Um, wasn't a hole in one. I got it for par on a par four. Don't, don't go, uh, wasn't for Eagle or anything like don't go crazy, but it was fun. Um, and it's funny cause that's the thing about golf. You do one little thing that's good and then you're hooked for life. That's it. It just takes that something like that. And you're like, Oh man, I want to try and do that again. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to do it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but anyway, so I never really wanted or I, I knew I couldn't do it. It's the same reason why I don't snowboard anymore. My feet got too big for the board. I would have had to get a custom custom wide board. And now I'm paying all this money for something that I'm not really into. So it, it, it stuck me away. And it's the same thing that really ultimately kept me away from golf because a lot of my buddies are really into it. And, uh, you know, I went went out to the range with them once and borrowed his club. Shout out Ben Mira. I went out and borrowed his clubs and I freaking sucked and he was like man you suck <laughs> I was like yeah true 100% uh well I could tell in his eye but uh um anyway and and then uh so again I was discouraged from it and it wasn't for the lack of trying but um then turned out actually funny another wedding thing but shout out shout out Lep my buddy Lep was getting married and I got invited to his bachelor party and they were having a big golf thing. So I was like, I knew all these guys, a bunch of them are athletes. One guy's in the NHL, like these guys are legit. It's like, all right, 
I'm not going to go out there and just shit the absolute bed. I, did, I just didn't want to just look like an absolute plug. And mostly for myself because it's frustrating when you can't. That's the worst thing about golf. When you really can't hit it, it's extremely frustrating. So I didn't want to just go out and spend four hours just getting pissed off. So I was out and I went out and did the old Kijiji buy, bought like some really cheap clubs. I'm like, screw it. If I'm going to have to get these extended, I'm not going to spend a lot of money because, you know, for people who don't know, even like an entry level full set of irons, it's going to probably run you about 400 to 500 bucks. Plus all the other gear and the bag and the and the club and the driver and the putter. Like you're looking at like probably dropping a G note if you're gonna start out from scratch, from zero, at least a G. So I was like trying to avoid that at all costs. Grabbed a shitty set. I didn't know what I was looking for. Grabbed the first thing in the set I grabbed. And I walk into Golf Town and I told the guy, I'm like, hey, yeah, I'd like to get these extended, regripped, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. I wonder if that's a golf term, the whole nine yards. Anyway, no, I think that's a <laughs> I think that's a tailor term, actually. I think it's like yardage of uh, yardage of fabric, probably. Anyway, um, but uh, and the guy pulls out one of the clubs and he's like, "So you want to regrip these, eh?" And he like he's a Scottish guy too, so it was very apropos. And he and he takes it and he grabs the head of it and like just twists the shaft and pulls the head of the club off like right in front of me, like with no effort whatsoever. If I swung it, the the thing would have definitely flew off on its own. And he's like, these are no good. And it was like 60 bucks. So I didn't like die, but it was kind of a waste of money. But, uh, and he's like, hold on. I think I got something in the back. And he goes into the back. Um, and these clubs were probably sitting there forever because the clubs that he pulled out were these clubs, uh, for everyone listening who knows, uh, they're Ping i3 pluses. So they're from Ping, a really good company uh, from about 2003. And I bought these in, a, in I think 2017, 2018. Maybe. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> and um, so they were like in really good shape and they were already extended, already regripped. So it was awesome because um, I didn't have to put any extra money and they were only like 110 bucks for the whole for the whole iron set, which was amazing. So I lucked out like crazy, got these clubs, still have them today. Put my other got a bunch of other clubs from a great uh, website called golfavenue.ca. Shout out, they don't sponsor the podcast, but they might. <laughs> uh, great, great, uh, great website for used clubs um, if anyone's looking. But again, got my act together, went out and had had a great time um, with all the boys. Like it wasn't stellar, but you know, hit some hit some decent shots. So again, like I said, it only takes a few shots, and then and then you're hooked for life. So I think from those from those times with those boys was definitely, was definitely hooked. Um, and like I said, you know, obviously with my kinesiology background and all my sports background too, I totally understand, um, like the, the attention to detail and the mechanics. I don't understand all the mechanics. I'm still trying to learn. I'm very self-taught. And of course, all my buddies who have helped me along the way, um, ha have given me tips and it's been great. And it's all kind of floating around my head, but it's kind of, I've kind of come to the, to the, point where I, I definitely need like a little bit of coaching just someone to show me because like you know it's funny I had a had a, a base a teacher that I went to take base lessons with I've had coaches all my life for all different stuff trainers in the gym why not get a golf uh, pro to help me out right like you know there's no there's no reason to think that I have to do this all on my own and I'm coachable because of all that stuff so I knew um, but one of these days I'm going to go find one hopefully past outside of COVID protocols. So we don't have to worry too much about that. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, just tweak things a little bit, which would be really awesome. And, you know, it's, it's funny cause, um, I didn't grow up, uh, playing, playing golf, right? Like I grew up playing, uh, basketball. I grew up swimming. I grew up playing a little soccer, playing a little football, obviously back in my high school, starting my high school days. But I never played a sport with a stick. I never played baseball. I never played hockey. I don't know how to skate. Uh, terrible Canadian, but I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, no tennis, no nothing. I never, I just didn't do anything that required like a, like a big swinging motion. Um, so playing golf is using a club is very, very foreign to me. So it's interesting when you look at some of these guys who, who you know, like your Tiger Woods who have started from like a little kid right? You start these kids and it, and, and it's, it goes for all sports, right? Where if you get, if you get these children so young and, you know, Christian and I were kind of talking funny enough about this before where, you know, we're, we're getting to a point in sports, not to get too off topic, but we're getting to a point in sports where we're just getting to such a high pinnacle of, of athleticism. These kids have been started, have been playing sports since they were, since they were so young. And that's almost across the board. Like kids that haven't been playing sports since they were young, don't even really bother. Like they kind of look at, I, I don't know. I'm, you know what? This is just my view, my view of the thing. But you know, if I was surrounded by kids that were so much more serious at something than I was, I wouldn't even bother trying to step into that arena because I'm going to go, I'm not even going to hold a candle to these guys. So why do, um, why should I even start? Which is sad and it's discouraging a lot of kids and I think it should change. And again, that's my opinion about like the uh, over-specialization in sport. But that specialization has got us to where we are in all athletics. Every sport, every every major league, everything. And like, you know, we look at, we look at our neighbors down south in America, what they've been doing. And I think they really, um, you know... <laughs> We've mentioned before how they kind of view sports as totally good. They don't see any negative aspects to sports. So that's why it's so widely spread and so popular. And everyone gives, um, you know, athletes are held in such high regard uh, in North America for sure. But in the States, they're, they're grassroots programs for everything, whether it's Pop Warner football or, you know, really young baseball players, basketball. Like they start everyone really young and they could have even been, America could have even been, um, um, influenced by China because China and Russia, they've been doing, they've been generationally finding kids and, and getting them. And like, again, we were talking about Yao Ming where literally his parents were brought together. They were two of the tallest people in China and they were brought together. And I think they were both basketball players, or at least his mom was brought together to have Yao Ming. So they basically bred his parents. And then as soon as Yao was born, boom, he's in I don't even know, I'm speaking out of turn, I don't know how, or like, what actually happens to the baby right away, but when they're very, very young, they're already in, like, a boarding school where all you do is play sports and learn, so he he was born and raised as an athlete, and it's really interesting, you know, who knows if there was any pituitary, you know, if they're messing with his pituitary gland to get him so tall, if it was just natural, they just knew that was going to happen, whether they were chemically altering, altering him, giving him, you know, certain supplements and whatever. But again, like we got one of the tallest, <sighs> tallest players of all time in the NBA and he was, and he was good. He wasn't necessarily just tall because we had a lot of really tall guys in the NBA, but really they were unathletic or they, they were lacking a certain substance. Obviously you have your Shaquille O'Neal's 
and um, your Avita Sabonis and everything, but a lot of guys well over seven feet, they, they can't really do much just because, again, their body has grown so much, and they're usually relatively young guys that, like, we're talking, like, and I've even known guys, they've grown so fast, and Zach and I were talking about our, our, our buddy um, who grew, like, six inches in, in, like, a summer, more or less, or, like, in, a, in an off-season kind of thing, and, um, you know, to get to get that tall, most of these guys also have pituitary gland issues or gigantism, which then has all these, which is basically gigantism, but... Um, they have all these associated issues with that. You know, Yao Ming had awful feet. His uh, foot was always injured. And again, you have such delicate bones in your foot as that grows so quickly. And then all the stress of jumping and running and sprinting and basketball, you know, as you're growing, it's, it must have been, it must have been rough, right? And I can only, and I can only say this as, you know, a six foot seven guy who, you know, I, uh, as far as I know, my whole life, I've never had like an actual uh, hormonal or pituitary gland issue. Uh, I'm just kind of genetically tall. But again, that's the thing is that something about my genetics made my body create a little bit more human growth hormone or whatever, but then naturally it went away. So who knows, again, what they did with Yao. But a little bit of a tangent there, but that's what I was kind of saying about, you know, you talk about people who have started playing a sport so young and then growing up in it and then, you know, the, the, the pros and cons of that. And, of course, obviously you have your tiger, like greatest example is Tiger Woods. And his father, I don't know if any, has anyone's watched, there's, there's, there was a great documentary about Tiger called Tiger. Pretty simple. And uh, they, um, they went a lot into how his, how his dad raised him, got him on the, on the course really, really early, cut down clubs early so that he was already touching, touching the clubs. And, you know, he, there'd be times where, you know, when Tiger's a little kid, he's on the tee box and his father's just yakking away to the other guys, jingling chains in his pocket. And it's really, it's, it's common courtesy in golf that you're quiet um, when, when the player is swinging. And one of the, one of the, one of Tiger's dad's friends was with them in the foursome and he goes, Hey, yo, be quiet. I'm sorry. Um, do you mind looking up what Tiger Woods dad's name is? I, f I forget. It's like Clarence or something. It's cool. Anyway, cause Tiger, Tiger Woods real name is Eldridge, but anyway, um, or Eldrick. Anyway, sorry, Tiger. <laughs> um, Earl. Earl, Earl Woods, Mr. Woods. Um, uh, it'd be like, Earl, man, you gotta be quiet. And Earl goes, Yo, man, don't don't teach me how to like coach my son. I'm trying to teach him, you know, how to be, um, how to stay focused when all this stuff is going down. So really interesting. Was really tough on Tiger. Really, you know, um, uh, pushed him from a young age. And you know, and and don't get me wrong. I started playing basketball when I was about four years old. I didn't start playing real hardcore uh, basketball until I was probably about in grade five. So you know, still fairly young, but. You know, I'm talking Tiger Woods was out there as a really young kid. And, you know, that was, again, that just one of my one of my slight disadvantages playing the sport. But at this point, like I said, I'm coachable. Maybe I'm in a, in a, in a position to, you know, to be able to be a little bit more um, more coachable in that in that aspect. Right. Um, so, um, yeah. 
super cool. Um, you know, and, and like I said, you know, it's, it's funny with, with golf, kind of the more get into it and stuff. It's, um, um, it's really, it's, you start to notice, you know, there's obviously super cool, super cool, uh, golf movies and stuff. You know, obviously everyone loves, uh, Happy Gilmore. There's a great movie called The Legend of Bagger Vance. It's actually one of those movies where I always thought it was really popular. I think I watched it in elementary school. You know, it's a classic, like, Catholic elementary school movie. No, it's not. There's no, like, it's it's PG, uh, G-rated, more or less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one's clapping any cheeks on the course or anything. Just, like, happy in his happy place. But, uh, right? But uh, super cool Will Smith, Matt Damon, um, and it's a true story. Uh, I don't know if it's true to be honest, but it's there's uh, it's one of those like kind of historical fiction. I think it's based on a book to be honest. It is I'm pretty sure, but um, it's like you know there's uh, who's what's the one guy Bobby or anyway one one of the other golfers is a famous guy, but Matt Damon plays this character where he's kind of like a washed up character and he has to play in this cool tournament that they have. And he kind of comes out of retirement. Really cool. But that was one of the movies where I watched and I was like, it really highlighted like the beauty of golf. Um, Will Smith's character is actually the character who plays uh, Matt Damon's caddy um, in the movie. And um, there's a scene where where, um, Will Smith is like at night walking the course and he takes his shoes off and he's like, I want to feel like every blade blade of grass and I want to feel how it is. And he's like, as the day goes on, you know, this, as the sun moves in the sky, the blades of grass change. And like, you have to know that when you're like putting because it's going to affect your ball a little bit. Like, it's like, like poetic the way, um, the way it was written really, really good movie though. Like I said, and you know, uh, tin cup, another tremendous movie. Um, but again, it's like, these things where you kind of look at it and you're like, man, golf is lame. Golf is, you know, all, all this whack stuff. But again, there's so much, there's, there's beautiful athleticism for it. Uh, and that surrounds it and so much. And then the, there's also the equipment behind it, which is really interesting. And I find that, you know, equipment's going to get you a certain place. There's so many innovations in this every year and they're always expected to come out with some new technology and these drivers and these irons and all this stuff and there's different levels of forgiveness, they call it, make it easier to hit. And then there's clubs that are definitely more made for like professionals. But again, it's like, um, you know, how the equipment's only going to be able to do so much for you unless there's actually this club out there that you hit a button and it like hits the ball for you. <laughs> it's like there's this little piston that comes out of the head and it like sends the ball. But there's other than that, there's no technology out there that's really going to make you hit the ball much better unless your mechanics are be- are good, right? So it's a but but with really crappy equipment, you're not going to do anything at all. Like look in my case, a little a small improvement, i.e., extension in the clubs, improvement in the equipment actually allowed me to play the game. So. There's a certain level of equipment that does come into it. So I'm not saying at all that it's all a sham. It's obviously important, but it's one of those things where people are like, oh man, I, my swing sucks. I keep slicing it. I keep sucking. Time to get new clubs. This will fix me. And again, I think the golf industry really plays on those guys. And, you know, there's obviously, uh, there's obviously advancements in equipment that are going to help any level of golfer. But um, 
yeah, just keep that in mind, especially if you're first getting into the game. Don't worry about getting the nicest stuff. Just worry about swinging your swing. And actually, one of my buddies, shout out Braden Kreidman. He's actually a new father too. But uh, um, he played golf. And I'm so sorry, Braden. I always forget this. I think he played at like the University of Oregon in North Carolina though. Like University of Oregon Raleigh or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So it was like one of those universities where he wasn't, he was at the one school, but it wasn't on the main campus. But obviously University of Oregon is Nike is Nike is where Phil Knight went, who's this who's the president and CEO of Nike. So if you if you go to Oregon, you get every piece of your equipment is Nike, man. Like everything. He said every year a guy would roll in there with a with a binder, big thick binder, drop it on the table and be like, what do you want? And you could just go through it. I'm talking colorways, like hoodies, four different colorways. You know, uh, golf bags, you know, shoes, shirts, you know, the whole nine yards. And he's actually, a, he's a private golf teacher now up in Huntsville, which is probably such a sweet gig. Like he goes to like people's cottages, man, and like gives them lessons like on their dock and shit. Like what? Amazing. Super guy. So he's, he's a great guy. He's buddies with all my, like Cooper Schnur, who's been a, who's been on the podcast and all my buddies up in Huntsville, shout out Huntsville. <laughs> um, um, he's, he's always hanging out with us when we're up there when he has a chance. Oh my God, he's super busy. But, um, he gave me one of the best tips ever was trust your swing. You know, there's so much that you can probably change about your swing. That's probably gonna, that's probably gonna change it. But confidence in your own swing, even though it's not perfect is so much better. And like, you can look at a lot of guys that have homegrown swings as they call them. They're basically not non-traditional looking swings as most famous guys names, Jim Furyk. He's got a really funny looking swing. If you're interested, go check that out. Really cool looking swing actually, but he gets the job done. He's won PGA tournaments and stuff. I don't know if he won the masters, but anyway, the guy's a stud and, and, and Bubba Watson, I think taught himself how to, how to swing too. So there's a certain level of, of if it works, go with it. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much there. I need some tips on my driver swing, which sucks, but this it's little tips. And that's the thing is that you got to get yourself out there. And the hardest thing about golf, the only way you're going to get better is by hitting balls and driving ranges are amazing for that. But the most important thing is actually going out and getting on the courses. And definitely one of my biggest qualms about golf is the expense. It's pretty expensive. Like barring, barring even having all the clubs and getting that taken care of, just playing rounds, even at a half decent course, it's pretty expensive. And you know, now you gotta you gotta buy memberships and stuff if you want to get really serious. So I got beef with that, but what are you gonna do? There's still great budget uh, courses that you can hit. Obviously, they're not gonna be creme de la creme, but you can swing your swing, and it's gonna put you in it's gonna put you in situations where you gotta use your head because golf is so mental. Um, that all that athleticism, all that special stuff. And because you, because you're in different aspects and obviously it's outdoors. So the hills are rolling, there's twigs and the possibilities are endless where that ball could, could land. So it's very variable, uh, as, as far as what condition you're going to be in, what lie as they call it, or where you're going to be on the course. So you have to be adaptable like that. But if you hit a bad shot and you start getting angry at yourself, you're just going to get your head out of it. And then there's so many small little adjustments you can make in your swing that if your mind is clouded by, you know, negative thoughts, you start to, that starts to, all those little positive thoughts that you have to have in your swing 
start to get overshadowed by all those negative feelings, right? So it's a pretty zen practice, to be honest, because golf, you don't really want to get really happy, like the good shots, you don't want to get overly happy and be yay jumping because the next shot might suck and you don't want to be on this crazy roller coaster of emotions because you'll exhaust yourself emotionally. So, you know, you look at Dustin Johnson, one of the one of the best players out there, the guy's like a robot, right? Like it's like nothing's going on upstairs. And it's like, that's why he's so good because he's not thinking about like, oh, that last shot sucked. Like, you know, Coach K, coach of uh, Duke University's basketball team for the past few years, 30 years or whatever. <laughs> um, he says the most important play is the next. And it's the same thing with golf. The most important shot is your next shot. So even if you duffed it 10 yards if you hit that next shot, 150 to the green, you're golden. I think it was Jack. Uh, I don't even want to say who said it, but one of the best best lines in golf is, you know, three bad shots and one good shot is still par, right? So as you know, as long as you make it. And Tiger Woods mentioned before, classic guy for getting himself into trouble because he takes risks. So you know, high risk, high reward. But again, sometimes you're going to get yourself into trouble. But that's the mental aspect of it that I that I've that I've come to love as well, especially from a sports uh, sports psychology perspective, right? You know, actually in my sports psychology class in university, we we sat and studied for about half a class, uh, like I think the two thousand eight Masters, um, Rory McIlroy, like sorry Rory, but uh, like historical breakdown, like he eight putted or something crazy, like literally. He was like, had like a six foot putt, missed it. And then you can just, you, we watched him as a class. You can just watch him mentally spiral out and he just keeps missing and missing all these little short putts and you just see him spiral out. So, right. So, and now he's one of the best guys on the tour. So he's overcome that, but that's one of the biggest things. It's probably one of the, one of the most, uh, most popular clients for a sports psychologist is a professional golfer, because again, there's just so much going on that if you have, um, if you have mental techniques that, that can help you keep that focus and keep that level-headedness through uh, until you win the tournament, then go to town. But don't get too happy about your good shots and don't get too mad about your bad shots. So more or less, those are all the things I love about golf. And like I said, it's a sad, sad day right now because, you know, golf's been closed for so long and it was a great, it was a great thing for everyone last, last year. And I know it's not for everybody <coughs> And I know that there's still some weird connotations around it and, you know, uh, it is what it is, but there's many golfers out there and, you know, don't make blanket statements about everyone. You know, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. If Michael Jordan likes it, then it's probably pretty cool. So <laughs> shout out MJ, but, uh, cause we know he's listening. Um, but, uh, of course everyone we shout out is listening, but, uh, um, like I said, you know, hopefully Ford lifts these, lifts these bands soon. And man, I'm telling you as a side note, um, brave new world couldn't feel more realer because, you know, in brave new world, if anyone's read that, uh, the leader's name was Ford and everyone said like, Oh, Ford and all that stuff. And it's too real for me right now, boys and girls. Anyway, um, like I said, uh, you know, there's so much more to golf than, than meets the eye. Check it out. So many more cool things. Great way to get out there and uh, when you can, everyone else who's listening from around the world, go and play some golf for me. Think about me when you're out there. And uh, and like I said, get into it because it's super cool. It's a way to get out and, and get some fresh air and have some fun, have some laughs, maybe even have a few beers. But uh, like I said, hopefully it'll open up soon. 
But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Like I said, if you liked what you heard, you support the podcast, patreon.com slash bigmarkpod. Hit that bell for the notifications. Rate us well, <laughs> hopefully. And go out and play some golf. We love you all. Talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.